Okay, so last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday, and that is the Sunday when we remember the fact that the Holy Spirit of God came just as Jesus promised He would come. And He came just as Jesus said He would come. He came in power. Now, the Holy Spirit of God is still alive. He is at work today. His power is being made manifest in the lives of those who believe. Now, this mysterious person, understand, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not the cousin it of the Trinity, okay? Do not call the Holy Spirit it. It is not cool. It would be like us calling you thing or it. You are a he, you are a she. He is a he, he is a person, and he is the life-giving love of God who brings us from death into life. He seals believers in grace, and then he guides God's redeemed people in truth. The power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to think about him this way. He is what fuels the life of God's children. He is the fuel. Now, sadly, many of God's children, some of you here today, are running on empty. I'm assuming that (laughs) this morning there were no issues in the parking lot, that everyone was actually able to drive their cars into their parking spots, and no one pushed their car into this parking lot. Now, funny, a few weeks ago, there were a group of college students, about four guys, they were pushing their car through our parking lot. And I was just laughing at them, you know, the big, strong guy. I wasn't going to help them. They're big and strong. I don't need to get out and go. But I was just laughing at them, right? And, and they were pushing, apparently they ran out of gas on Small House. And what are they doing? They're, they're pushing their car because they've got no fuel. I wonder how many in this room today are pushing your life through when you should be fueled by the Holy Spirit of God. When, when you should be existing in His might and in His mercy and all that God is. How, how many of you today are, are pushing through? You say, well, how, how can I know? Well, instead of, being, instead of being strengthened, you're worn out with every problem that comes. See, problems are opportunities for God to reveal His power. So if you're having a problem today, thank God for it. Anybody, anybody this morning wants to say, thank you, God? few, yeah, all right, good. See, this is an opportunity. You see, if, if you're trying to push your way through your problem, you, you're, not, you're not saying, thank you, God. You're saying, come on, God, take this away. I, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want, and you know what? You know what God's saying? You don't have to deal with it. I'll deal with it. I just need you to trust me. I need you to be fueled by me. I, I don't need you worn out. I need you to be strengthened. You get frustrated instead of inspired. You get frustrated when things don't go well. You know, weak people are impatient and frustrated people. If you see someone, if you're a person who's weak and and impatient and frustrated, I I just want you to know that that's the reality. You're weak. You say, well, that's harsh. It's true. See, you know where strength comes from? Faith. When you trust God for who He is, and, and problems come, and instead of getting frustrated, you get strengthened, you get inspired, you, you don't get overwhelmed, you get liberated. You, you don't cover less distance, you cover more distance. you got to remember, if you want to go fast, go alone. You'll burn out. If you want to go far, go together. Go with God. 
Go in the power of the Spirit of God. God's never in a hurry. See, God wants us to taste every moment. Every moment of success, every moment of failure. Every, every hardship, every step up the mountain, every time we glide down. God wants us to taste and enjoy every moment of it in Him. But if He's not fueling you, you won't. Even in your success, you'll live with fear because you'll worry about when it's going to be over and then what will I do? God wants us to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit, to live in His power. Sadly, some of you are pushing, aren't you? Some of you are... Some of you today, you're pushing your marriage through. You're just trying to get through it. Some of you today, you're, you're just pushing your family through. I mean, you're on a shoestring. The thing is, it's on the edge. It's about to fall apart. And, and you're frustrated and you're overwhelmed and you're, you're not going very far and, and you feel worn out because the Spirit of God's not fueling your marriage. It's not fueling your, your family. It's not fueling your job. He's not fueling your ministry. He's not fueling your relationships. And that's why you feel the way you do. Listen, God, God has given us this glorious gift in His self. The Holy Spirit of God. And, and, and He is power. He is power. Look at what Scripture says the Holy Spirit has, is, is, is able to do. <clears throat> what the Spirit does. This is Jesus before Pentecost explaining what was going to happen at Pentecost. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. And I want you to understand this power, it's dynamic, it's, it's explosive, it's beyond just a moment. And, and one of the things that I want to get in our minds is that, is that the power of the Holy Spirit is meant not just to get us through, it's, it's meant to, to be an overflow. The power of God working so deeply and powerfully in our lives that His Spirit just flows out of us into every problem, into every conflict, into every situation. Jesus said, I want you to be my witnesses. Who does the saving? God does. How does He do it? By the power of His Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is alive and working in you, there is a power, and, and it's an overflow of your life into the world. And it gives you hope. Look what it says in Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Does that describe you today? All joy and peace in believing? So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Overflow in hope. As the power of the Spirit of God is in you, you're, just, you're, not, trying, you're not pushing your life through. You're powered by the Holy Spirit of God. You're not frustrated. You're inspired. You're not worn out. You're strengthened. You, you see what, where, where you are and you understand that God is God and He is with you and He's greater. And so life is good simply because God is in it. And when the Spirit of God gives you that fuel, you live. You really live. And this is what God is telling us in our text today. He's showing us what it looks like when the Holy Spirit is fueling our lives. So if you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and let's go to 1 John chapter 2. As we're discovering what hope is, we're working through 1 John. We're now chapter 2. The series is, is uh, Hope is Intense. We're talking about the intensity of the reality of the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to ask Miss Ella Edwards. She's an 8-year-old. 
She is the daughter of Michael and Stacy Edwards, and she's going to read our scripture for today. So let's all stand together in honor of God's word. And bless her heart, we needed a scholar up here. She's got a long section. We've been having like a verse, you know, part of a verse. Today she's got a like, you know, a couple of paragraphs here, but fully capable, fully capable. So this is the word of God. First John chapter two, verse 20 through 27. Go ahead, sweet girl. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. But what you heard from the beginning abides in you. If what you heard from the, from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you see from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you abide in him. The word of God. Well done, sweet girl. Thank you. If you would, go ahead and be seated. Let's remember... Let's remember, uh, as we're getting ready to take notes, what's going on. John, the apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing to a church who is under attack. There are those who have the spirit of Antichrist who are seeking to deceive them. He is now writing to them to encourage them to have hope. And he now begins to write to them about the intense hope of the intense reality of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, there's a great deal, sadly, confusion about the Holy Spirit of God. There are some who want Him ignored for fear of what He might do. There are others who who want to to put more that is necessary for salvation and want to, to create, if you will, hurdles in order to prove somehow that you are what God has already said you are. Let's understand this. The Spirit of God is alive and at work. And all who believe in Him are filled fully with the Spirit of God. Now, whether we are fueled by Him is the question. And that's what I want you to really deal with today as we're looking at this text. Use this, these points I'm about to give you as a litmus test. I'm going to kind of push you in that direction. But I want you to really allow God to do some surgical work in your heart and mind today. Let Him get down in that soul and let's see if you're being fueled by the Spirit of God. And if you're not, and don't be surprised if there's part of your life today where there needs to be some work. When we have a moment to sing and and to respond in faith, be prepared to come and get on your knees and ask God to do a miracle. That's what He does. So be ready for this. Let's talk about this. How does the intense reality of the Holy Spirit fuel our lives and give us an intense hope? Well, write it down. The Holy Spirit fuels God's people, first of all, with God's transformational touch. It is a touch. John writes, again, through the Holy Spirit and says, you have been anointed. You have been touched by the Holy One. And when you have been touched by the Holy One, there are some things that will happen in your life. First of all, you you receive resurrection power. And it feels like freedom. This resurrection power comes in it, and it feels like freedom. You're able to walk in a streak that goes beyond just the physical realm. 
You may be weary. You may be tired, but you still have strength. You still have joy. You still have peace. You still have purpose. You're ready to keep going. Your body may just be folding up on you, but your spirit is soaring. You're, you're ready. You're ready to fight the next battle. You're like Caleb. Hey, man, give me that mountain. Why was he able to do that? Because of the Spirit of God. It's not just physically what you can summon up. It's, it's what God can fuel you to do. And it feels like freedom, this resurrection power of God. Second, it brings holiness into a life that feels like, now note it, conviction. Not shame. There's a difference. Conviction drives us to believe and to go forward with God. Shame buries us in a hole and we believe the lies of the enemy who tells us that we are unworthy, that God does not love us, and we've lost that chance. Don't fall into shame. It, it is a deceptive tool of the evil one. But realize, when you come in contact with the holiness of God, and the more you walk with God, the more you will become aware of the holiness of God, it will drive you, and it will feel like conviction. And it's a gift. It's a gift. If you can open the Word of God and be convicted by it, you've received a gift. Because there are people who open the Word of God and there's nothing. You want to know why? Because the, the Spirit of God wrote the Word of God through His instruments. And the only way that the Word of God can be discerned and understood is by the Spirit of God. There are people who can read the Word of God and feel no conviction whatsoever because the Spirit of God is not alive in them. But if you have the capacity to open up the Word of God every day, and as you read this Word of God, find conviction in your spirit, give God praise. Say, thank you, Lord. Because I see that you are holy and you, you are convicting me. You are calling me. You are telling me, come on, man, let's go forward. Come on, girl. Why are you messing around with that stuff? Get out of there. Align yourself under the leadership of Christ and, and move forward. This is what the Spirit of God does. He gives resurrection power. He gives holiness and he gives truth. Truth that feels like inspiration. Inspiration to pursue what is right with passion. This inspiration, it's, it's not just a feel-good. It's just not a verse of the day. It's just not, oh, isn't that just a good thing? I'm going to put that on a card. I'm going to put that on a... More than that. It's more than just getting a, a little pick-me-up. It is a driving reality in the context of all that God says in His Word, ushering you into the reality of the power of the hope of God. And it's intense. It's never cute. It's never sweet. It's powerful. It's powerful. And, and, and when, when that power is being revealed in your life, when this truth is being in, revealed in your life, it inspires. And, 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 and the result of it is faith. The Holy Spirit of God, when He moves on a life and brings it from, from darkness into light, from death into life, there, there is this glorious faith. And you know what it feels like? It feels like courage. It feels like courage. Because you can, you can have this audacious faith, which is simply, it's daring to join God in, 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 in what He's doing in the world. It's daring to join God where He's at work. And here's what's so good about God. He's at work. He's been working every success and every problem, every pain, every, everything that you're going through. Listen, if you are the redeemed of God, God is there and God is at work. 
here's the question. Do you have faith? Do you have audacious faith? Are you willing to dare to join God, what he's doing now? Now, that, that seems risky. It's not risky. I tell you what's risky is not walking with God. That's risky. Because, see, it's all up to you. But to live by faith, it's no risk at all. It's daring. It, 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 it's, it's glorious. And it's the Spirit of God that enables this to happen. Now, understand, this is more than a feeling. I would sing it if I could, but I can't, so I won't. It's, it's a knowledge. This, is, this experience is based on knowledge. All who believe, he says here, and you all have knowledge. What is this knowledge? It's the knowledge that God the Father is saving a people for himself. It's the knowledge that Jesus, God the Son, has died on the cross to pay for the sin, has conquered death through his resurrection. It's the knowledge that the Spirit of God has been sent from heaven to bring those who were dead, to bring them to life to bring those who had a cold, dead heart, to be given a new heart, so that the conviction of the Holy Spirit moves on them, and they repent, and they are saved, and they believe. This part, this part of the movement of the Spirit of God is a big part of the story of God. When you read the Bible, we understand it's in four sections, creation, fall, rescue, restoration. We're in between that time between rescue and restoration. I'm not sure if you're watching this series on NBC of AD right now. I'm loving this. Because I love to be able to see the picture of, of what it is to see the Holy Spirit of God at work. We need to understand, we're now in the age of the Holy Spirit. This is now the age of the church. This day was, this was dawn when the Spirit of God came at Pentecost. And now we're, we're in this time between the rescue and the restoration. And what's God doing? He's transforming lives. But not just that. See, we in North America, that's where we stop. He's transforming lives. Praise God. My life has been transformed. Yes, but for what purpose? So that I can feel good and get my get-out-of-hell-free card. <clears throat> Wrong. Why is God bringing transforming, transformation to your life? So that He can transform your family and our community. So that we can be bound together in the transforming power of Christ. And you know what happens when a life becomes transformed and a family becomes transformed and a community becomes transformed? You know what happens? The world becomes transformed. What God is doing through the power of His Holy Spirit is He is releasing His transformational touch. We are anointed by the Holy One and we have this knowledge. Second, the Holy Spirit fuels God's people with God's unchanging truth. With God's unchanging truth. Again, Saying verse 21, I'm not writing this because you don't know it. I know you know it. It's not a lie, it's the truth. Well, we know that there is a liar, Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. He denies the, the work of the Holy Spirit and denies the Father and the Son. And no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Again, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. God has always been who He is. The Almighty is who He has always been. So who is He? He is one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is one in essence, three in person. And friends, that's why God is love. If there is no Trinity, then God cannot be, in His essence, love. Because to love, there must be another. There are those faith systems out there 
who would say that God is one. Good, but then they say no more, and they lie. Because God is one, but He's three in person. And the reason why we know God is love, and the reason why we know God is almighty and self-sufficient and doesn't need us, is because God is completely satisfied in and of Himself. He is one in essence. He is holy. He is omniscient. He is, he is all-powerful. He is omni-all-great. But He is Father, Son, and Spirit. And the Father loves the Son. And the Son loves the Spirit. And the Spirit binds the Father and the Son in His love. And if there are not three persons, then there is no love. And if God is not love, then we have no hope. And so He says, listen, this is the truth. Abide in this truth. Our God is a God who is at work in our world. He is Father. He is Son. Do you believe this? Some of you are nodding your head. Do you? Some of you are going, I don't know, man. This is complicated. It's not complicated. It's mysterious. It's not complicated. Do you believe? Let me share with you the answer, where the answer to that question is found. It's not found cognitively in a response. It's answered experientially in how you live. The only thing you need to look at to determine what you believe is how you live. Do you believe that God loves you, that He's all-powerful, that the Father has a purpose for everything you go through, that He has sent His Son to redeem you, to give you resurrection power so that you will, you will live forever with Him and send you His Spirit to guide you and steal you and enable you and fuel your life? Do you believe that? All you have to do is look at how you live. Everyone lives what they believe. My dog, Charlie, believes that I am the greatest being in all the universe. 80% of the time. The other 20% of the time, he disobeys me and he eats things that he shouldn't. But 80% of the time... He believes that I am the greatest being. And so it, it, is, it has been a spiritual, wonderful thing to have Charlie in my life because I now pray, Lord, please make me the man that my dog thinks I am. And you know what? He, you know what he, wants to, he wants to be with me. He wants to sit at my feet. He comes and he sits wherever I am. He comes and he sits there. He just wants to be in my presence. He sleeps happiest when he's on my feet since he was a puppy. I sit now. I come and sit down. All 80 pounds of him. He, he thinks he can sit in my lap. He thinks he can sit on my feet. He just comes and plops down because he thinks I'm, I am amazing. And if he hears my voice, he comes. If he's anywhere in the house, he hears my voice. His ears go up. Master's here. Y'all, y'all need to let me out. I got to be with him. He's awesome. And, and if I, I'm about to leave in the morning, he's standing by the door. He knows what time we're about to leave. He's waiting for me to say, get in the Jeep. And if I say, get in the Jeep, it is glory. If I say, no, Charlie, he puts that head down. He looks at all the other people. He says, not master. And he goes and sits down and he goes, because he loves me. And he thinks I'm amazing and no one else needs to tell him otherwise, all right? He's fine. He's good. And you know what he does? He, he, he obeys me. He wants to be in my presence. He wants to be around. You know why? Because, because I drive his existence because he thinks I'm this great. What drives your existence? What fuels you? 
See, you say, do you, you say, I'm assuming most of you say, I believe that God is awesome and He's all-powerful and that He loves me and that He sent His Son to die for me and His Spirit is alive in me to fuel me and bless me and guide me and there's nothing that God can't overcome and every problem that I face is a part of a plan and He's going to do something spectacular in it and I can trust Him no matter what happens so I'm going to obey Him because He's my God and He is the force behind my life and I live for His glory. Does that describe you? then what are you not believing? What are, you, what are you missing here? What are you doubting about the greatness of our God? We live what we believe. So let's pause here for a second. Let's, let's, take, a, let's take a check here. What do you believe is true? What do you believe about God? The truth changes how a person lives because it motivates what a person is living for and why. It's important to understand you're living for someone or something. You're a created being, just like me, we're creatures. And as creatures, we need something to pursue. What are you pursuing? What's your why? What's your why for, for working so hard? What's your why for giving up? What's your why for, for believing? What's your why for doubting? What is your why? What are you pursuing? What is it you believe? Whatever you believe will drive your life. If you believe that God is all-powerful and He loves you and He has sent His Son to die for your sin, that He has been raised, He gives you resurrection power, and the Spirit of God is at work to fuel you and move you, you will live like it. If not, you have to ask some questions this morning. And I invite you to be honest and repent and believe and enable Him to do what only He can do. Third, the Holy Spirit fills God's people with God's eternal life. I've talked about this before. I'm going to mention it again quickly here. It says, and this is the promise that He made to us, eternal life. Now, understand eternal life. Two words that go along with this as it pertains to what God gives, what He has promised. Two words. Quantity. And that's what most people associate with eternal life. They, they think of, oh, going to live forever. Oh, what a glorious gift. Maybe. Maybe. What makes it eternal life is not just the quantity, it's the quality. Don't miss this. The promise He has made is eternal life. Eternal in quantity and quality. Without the quality, the quantity is hell. Take God out of heaven, you have, a go- you have a hell with golden streets. Take God out of your life, you have death walking around. Take God out of anything, and it's hell. And it won't always on the surface appear to be. At first, it will look glorious and seem, seem so pleasurable and so, so good and so pretty. But you know what happens? You know what happens? Time. And the quantity begins to have its effect. And you know what happens over time? The emptiness of all created things are revealed. And sooner or later... Whether you're in a, a, a palace of gold or whether you're in a dirt hole, you know what? If God's in it, it's heaven. If God's not, it's hell. God can make a one-bedroom, angry beneath you lady at your apartment dwelling heaven. I can give a testimony. 
I can also give testimony that you can live in a massive mansion with multiple swimming pools and all kinds of servants. And it can be hell because it's empty. If God is not in it, it's hell. Eternal life. It's quantity and quality. Only God is eternally amazing. Only God is eternally enticing. Only God is eternally wonderful. Only God is eternally captivating. And if God is not in your life by grace through faith in Christ alone, given to you by the Holy Spirit of God, you're in and going to hell forever. And it's a curse. Forever is a curse. But in Christ, with God's presence, this eternal life is a blessing last. The Holy Spirit fuels God's people with God's abiding hope. Again, he says in verse 26, I know people are trying to deceive you. But the anointing you've received abides in you. And you have no need of anyone to teach you. He said, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you something you don't already know. This anointing teaches you. And it's true. It's not a lie. To abide in Him. The Spirit allows us to abide in God. When we live by faith and we trust in who God is, all-powerful, all-loving, plan for everything, fuel to guide us, when that is the truth that, that guides us and we abide in that truth and that truth is abiding in us, you know what you can do? You can suffer with complete confidence and peace and joy. You, you can struggle. You can struggle against temptation. You can struggle in conflict. You can struggle with life with complete peace and joy and confidence. You can succeed with complete peace and confidence and joy. Here's the bad thing about success. When you begin to succeed, you begin to fear to lose the success. No sooner has a team won the national championship that the fans begin to wonder, well, what are we going to do next year? Now what are we going to do? What if somebody takes it? What if we, what, what's going to happen if the wheels fall off? What's going to happen when it breaks? What's going to happen... That's what success does. It creates paranoia. But if God is your God, and He is your fuel, and He is your purpose, and He is your life, and He is the quality that, that, that enables you to pursue a, a why that is worthy, you can succeed, you can fail, you can, you can suffer, you can cease, you can die with complete joy and peace and confidence. So let me ask you, are you pushing your life through today? Are you being fueled by the Holy Spirit of God? Do you have this intense hope because of the reality of the Holy Spirit of God? Is, is your life being driven by the passion? And is it leading to holiness and conviction and freedom and joy? Or is it just more time pursuing another thing that won't satisfy and is leading you to an eternity of darkness and emptiness and regret. Friends, don't do it. Don't live that way. Not one second more. Don't you do it. Come and get on your knees before God today and say, God, be the fuel of my life. Be the fuel of my family. Be the fuel of my marriage. I know that there's a plan for this. I trust you. Come and ask God to do a miracle 
Ask God to do it in your life or in the life of someone you love. Ask God to do it because He can, because He loves you and He's all-powerful. Allow the Spirit of God to do a work in you today. Be transformed with the truth to abide in Him and, and enjoy the intense hope of His blessing. You've got to believe. You've got to ask. You've got to humble yourself, get on your knees, and ask. And I want to invite you to do it right now. So let's stand together. Lord, we have this sacred moment right now where we're going to stand and sing, but we also offer this, this short, glorious chance to come and get on our knees before you, Lord. And to say to all those present, I'm trusting in God. I'm asking Him for a miracle. I'm believing that He can do what the Word of God says. I believe that this anointing of the Holy One is, is, is what will fuel and what will bring peace and all the good things that only God can give. So Lord, would you right now convict hearts, convince minds, enable us to believe. And Lord, not just for a moment, for life. And not just a few years, for eternity. May we right now receive eternal life. May we right now trust in eternal life. May we right now rejoice in it and ask you to do miracles in marriages and in families and in people in ways that only you can. God, bring your comfort. Bring your power. In Jesus' name, amen.